Good morning. Now, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, September 15th, 2023. Today we're reading from the big book. We're on page 154, the second paragraph, starting with Um, there it is. One dismal afternoon, and we are ending with, we'll have a lonely weekend, and we're just reading that paragraph. Today's readers, all right, today's readers, for our steps, we have Lynn S., the traditions, Karen W., first reader, reading the Texas Tendency, page 164 is Nancy R., our backup reader is Amory M., newcomer greeters, Nancy C., and second hour host is Eileen M. We have uh, reference numbers from yesterday, Thursday, September 14th, 2023, 7 7 a.m. meeting. And that is 7 a.m. is uh, 20,645. 2-0 is 6-4-5. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,646, which is... Two zero six four six. All right. The OA preamble. Overeaters and Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who can share experience, strength, and hope of recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There's no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. LA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, the character's message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, now ask, then ask to um, share uh, 12 steps. Sorry about that. Good morning, Lynn S., compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Lynn. Next up with the traditions is Karen W. Good morning. This is Karen W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Katy, Texas. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend a name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should be main forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Pass. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. We ask that you keep the, keep the sharing topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. There's no, <clears throat> excuse me, there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on mute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone expect, except the speaker should be muted. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today we are in the big book and a vision for you 
page 154, and uh, we're reading that second paragraph, one dismal afternoon ending with would have a lonely weekend. And I asked Tenzin P to start us off today. Mm, thank you very much, uh, Tenzin P, gratefully recovering in this program. Wow. Okay. One dismal afternoon, he paced a hotel lobby, wondering how his bill was to be paid. At one end of the room stood a glass-covered directory of local churches. Down the lobby, a door opened into an attractive bar. He could see the gay crowd inside. In there, he would find companionship and release. Unless he took some drinks, he might not have the courage to scrape an acquaintance and would have a lonely weekend. Wow. So, um, okay, I'm going to set my little timer here. This is a powerful paragraph. Um, um, and I actually felt somehow empathetically scared as I read it because it, this, it's, it's so powerfully describing what goes on in my mind uh, before I pick up that first compulsive for me, for us, compulsive bite. You know, it's dismal afternoon, things don't look so good. He had an unsuccessful business uh, dealing. He was worried financially, how was the bill to be paid? And and then it describes in the next sentence, there's a, a glass covered directory of churches just in one sentence at the uh, at the end of the room that we'll come back to that, but he just notices that briefly. But then there's a lot more sentences in this paragraph on an attractive bar and a gay crowd inside. He'll find companionship and release. Otherwise, he would have a lonely weekend. So the, the, I felt really. Um, in a good, healthy way, scared as I read this because it rem it's bringing to the surface what was so unconscious for me for so long about what was going on before I took that first compulsive bite. The awareness is so important. Of course, the, the, the steps and the tools and the fellowship and this book and all the work that I do that leads me to have a different way of working um, with my addiction is so important, but the awareness fundamentally so important. So this is describing what will become the fork in the road, but about the attractive bar. You know, t I, I was at a one-year-old birthday party of uh, a relative recently, and, and the, the little birthday cake was so beautiful. But at this point in my recovery, I can look at it from a distance, from an emotional distance, and be aware that it's beautiful, like the attractive bar. But it, but underneath, it, it's poison to me. And somehow, I'm really aware of that. But I don't have to, you know, make faces. But inside, I know it's, it's not attractive. It, um, and about the gay crowd, we need all, I need, we all need relationship, companionship. But this is describing the um, the addictive, uh, drunken way of my mind before I've even taken that first drink. So um, I 
Wow. So this is coming to the fork in the road. And I think it's a funny uh, description, given that I'm a compulsive overeater. But I learn how to take the good fork uh, with the help of the steps and the tools and a higher power. And with that, I'm going to pass. I look forward to hearing what everyone has to say. Thank you very much. All right, Kendon, thank you very much for starting us off. And uh, we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared on uh, Wednesday or yesterday, please step back. And uh, I'll let you know if I hear you. And one at a time, please. Who's ready to share? Marie R., New York. Marie. Leslie W. Janet C. 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 Janet Amanda G. Amanda. Fran R. Fran R. That's that's a pretty good list. All right, we got Marie R. Leslie W. Janet B. Elena C. Terry J. Lisa N. Amanda G. And Fran R. All right, Marie, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, I can definitely relate to this paragraph. Um, I mean, it was the reason of my my most recent relapse five days ago. Um, you know, I left myself vulnerable. I was, you know, floated at work. I had gotten a different car. I traded in my car for another one. I had to go pick that up, and then I had to go straight to the dentist for root canal. And I was nervous. And I skipped my my afternoon lunch and, um, you know, which left me weak. And I had, you know, but I, I think what I what I relate so much to the paragraph is this illusion or delusion, you know, that happens in my head that I describe that it's like a light switch that just goes off. And all of a sudden I'm in this other frame of mind. Um, it's not a matter of I accidentally had one of my red light foods, you know, I know what those are, but what happens is my thinking just all of a sudden, if I'm not protected, if I'm leaving myself vulnerable, or if I'm not, you know, continuing to, you know, grow spiritually and living in the steps, that light switch will go off in my head and I will think like a different person as if I can eat these things or, you know, I, that I can just have that donut and it'll be different this time. And, um, you know, that's, that, that, that has been the pattern of my relapses. Um, you know, again, now I'm on date, you know, I started again and, you know, my disease is always right there, you know, ready to fight me. Because on day two of my abstinence this week, I got diagnosed with COVID. And, you know, 
I was sick as a dog. I couldn't breathe. And I'm trying to do a meal plan, you know, and I just thought, yeah, this is fighting me, but, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give up. You know, it just seems like every time I, I, I start up again, you know, something, my disease is right there to fight me. And, um, you know, but, um, I'm still hanging in there and, um, I'm not going to give up and I'm still doing what I need to do. I still feel clean and, um, you know, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thanks, Marie. Next up is Leslie W. Hey, thanks, Russ. It's Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Um, and what struck me about this paragraph was his fear of being alone, his fear of loneliness. And I think that for me, um, what drives me when I'm in that state of uncomfortability is not necessarily the fear of loneliness. What it is is the fear of pain. Pain. I don't want to feel pain. And for me, there's a lot of things that equate to pain, to painful experiences. <laughs> it's not just loneliness. It's a lot of things. Um, and I think that most of all, what I'm really, really afraid of is sitting with those thoughts because when I'm going through whatever I'm going through, um, if I'm not being fed spiritually, I'm going to try to find a way to feed myself and feed my desire to to opt out. Where's the escape hatch? Where is it? Because I don't want to sit here and feel my feelings. I don't want to sit here and deal with what's really going on internally. And anytime I'm looking for an external solution for an internal problem, I know that I've got work to do. And it's a continual process. There's no such thing as cured. And I know that and I realize that and I'm painfully aware of that each and every day. Daily reprieve. So for today I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my work. I'm gonna do what I need to do to stay um in my body, to stay aware, to to commune with my creator because that is how I heal and that is how I get better. So thanks for letting me share, Russ, and I'm going to pass. Thanks, Leslie. Next up is Janet B. Barbara Elena C. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B. Recovered Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. So when I used to binge, I was in OA, and as you all know, for the first six and a half years, I was 
binging, even though I was in OA, um, I would always blame it on circumstances. I would go to meetings and say, I picked up because, you know, and there would always be a reason. I don't know, my lousy parents who, of course, after I did the fourth step, I realized they weren't lousy. I was a lousy kid. Um, you know, the lousy weather, the lousy whatever was always a reason. And what this teaches me is that if I'm in the food, which by the grace of God, I haven't been in a long time now, it's because there's something wrong with my spiritual condition. Because I look back, here we're talking about Bill, and I look back page 35 where it talks about Jim. And it says for Jim, he made a beginning, he had family back, he got a job back, um, all went well, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life and he kept drinking. And here we see Bill Wilson, right? What we had just read the other day. Things were really bad, discouraged, broke, almost in a lawsuit. And he started Alcoholics Anonymous. And I think, what is the difference? And the difference, I believe, is that Bill was protected by God. Even we see like when he was back in the hospital, he says, when I lay in the hospital, the thought came, there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who I might be able to help. God was already guiding him. And then how come? How come God was guiding one and not the other? And I believe that God guides us and helps us and protects us when we're surrendered to him. If I'm surrendered to him, I'm like, um, I guess the surf that we learned about in old social studies classes, I'm on the king's land, I'm protected. When the invading army comes, the king pulls up the drawbridges and I'm on that land safe and protected. But if I leave the land through harboring resentments or living in self-will or dishonesty and not caring about what the king says, then when the invading army comes and I'm not there, I'm not safe and protected, never because the king doesn't love me, but because I've run off on my own self-will. So I love this story because it shows me that my abstinence is never dependent on circumstances in my life. I was abstinent in recovery through a double miscarriage, through lots of hard stuff. But um, when I wasn't protected, rain when I wanted sunshine could have set me off. So that's all I got. Thanks. That I pass. Thanks, Janet. Next up is Elena C. followed by Terry J. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C., gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater in um, Greenville, South Carolina. So, <clears throat> so, you know, Bill here is in a perfect storm. He's alone. He lost a business deal, and he's in pain. And what does he do? He looks at, he experienced the elusive effect of knowing what will make him feel better, meaning that he's going to go there in the bar and he will drink some and then he will be not feel lonely and he will feel a release. And, you know, that's the lie that I told myself and I still tell myself um, to this day that something outside of myself will make me happy. And, you know, that effect is so elusive. I, I have to be reminded continuously that that's not true. And, you know, because the only defense against a, the, my first bite is a spiritual awakening. 
the only defect against my human suffering and pain is a spiritual awakening. And that is what would bring me companionship and release. And, you know, I don't know that. I do need to hear you guys this in the morning and go to my other local meetings to remember that because that's not where I go. I don't go there, you know. I, I, I want, I'm perhaps spiritually inclined, but I have to practice this stuff. So, um, you know, a spiritual awakening will bring about companionship, release from pain, you know, um, my uh, stopping myself before I take that first bite that will throw me into the a downward downward spiral of suffering, you know, and I had no idea when I did that 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 was wrong, and you know it's Bill is making a decision not to go there as we were gonna see, and at that point he was six months sober, I believe that's what my sponsor I wrote in the margin, my sponsor told me that, and um. That's why if, if he were to choose that gay, gay crowd inside, we would not have been here today. So um, I'm just grateful for this program. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this book. And I'm just grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Elena. All right. Before Terry J jumps on here, I'll let you know where we're at. We're in the chapter of Vision for You, page 154, that second paragraph, one dismal afternoon, and it ends with, would have a lonely weekend. All right, Terry, you're up. Good morning. Terry J. in Michigan. Thanks for your service, Russ, and happy to be on the line. Grateful for all my fellow travelers this morning. Um, this is exactly where I'm at today, this paragraph. I'm standing in that hallway like Bill. And, you know, at one end of the hallway is abstinence, and the other end of the hallway is food. I have a busy, busy weekend uh, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And I thought about it. I was just sitting here listening and then, you know, going through my head. You know, I have an opportunity here. I get to make the choice today. And so what I'm doing is putting my abstinent meals together because I'll be in a conference all day today, conference all day tomorrow with breaks in between for meals. So I'm packing my meals and taking them with me because I know what's going to happen if I don't. I'm going to pick up the food that's available because that's the natural, um, I'm going to get hungry is the natural thing that's going to happen. And I'm going to eat to feed that hunger. And then I'm going to feel these emotions also that, wow, you should have brought your food, Terry. You know better, da-da-da-da. So today I'm not beating myself up. Instead of beating myself up later, I'm packing my food now to take my abstinent meals with me, and I'm going to enjoy them because I take time preparing. I got a freezer full of abstinent foods that are already wrapped. Uh, all I have to do is take them out the Ziplocs and put them in the container and go. So today I choose to be abstinent. 
thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Terry J. Appreciate it. Next up is Elise N, followed by Amanda G. Hi, good morning, everybody. Thank you, everybody that's doing service <clears throat> to everybody on this line. Um, I listen to this, and and it's true. The founder of this program, it, it is a fork in the road. And if he would have, it's like if he would have gone right instead of left, would we be here? Um, but I believe this program was was divinely inspired. Um, I just want to tell you what's been happening with me. And that's that I put down the food a while ago and 50 pounds ago by the grace of God. And I started feeling all my feelings. My, I started becoming anxious and depressed. Um, I had made mistakes at work that were troubling me. My conscience was troubling me and I fell into a depression. And now, but but now, um, I've been listening to this meeting for a while. I've been going to some intensive therapy. I've been listening to this meeting, and I've become convinced of what my sponsor told me all along that I have to work these steps. That 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 it's not it it's not um, it is real anxiety and depression, but it's being caused by feeling my feelings and I'm now on step four and I'm writing it out and I'm determined to work the steps to have what I feel now and that's some neutrality from the food. It's my birthday coming up and I actually bought something for a group that I'm in and it it didn't hit me until afterwards that I actually bought in quote treats for me which would be and I didn't have any thoughts that if I have them in the house or I take them in the car that I'm going to eat them. And before it would have been like a vacuum cleaner. And I didn't buy, I'm still not, I still wouldn't buy like my favorite foods or, or something like that, but these are pretty high up there. And I and I realized that even, even though I haven't worked step nine yet, I, I've done them in the past, but I haven't worked it yet. I've already seen miracles in this program. I mean, it is, a, it is a whole scale miracle if I can take certain foods with me and not feel like I want to eat them and not and feel safe. And I know that's I know that's coming from my higher power because that that power has never been able to come from me. So I want to express my complete and total gratitude to this meeting and to all the people that. I felt a spiritual jealousy for, which is allowed um, on this meeting when they said they were recovered and they said how the steps have helped them to have, have helped them. And um, everybody have a blessed day and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Next, next up is Amanda G. Hi, I'm Amanda G. Recovered compulsive overeater. Um, thanks. Um, for everyone's service and shares. Um, the word that stood out to me today was um, relief um, and how, gosh, I want to release from feelings, discomfort, um, 
pain, you know, and just like Bill, you know, I used to go to food for that release and um, I don't, I don't do that anymore, but there are times when I'm standing, you know, with the bar at one end or food at one end of the hallway and um, another choice at the other end. And I really, I have to, um, I know that God, um, a higher power is really um, the answer to that release. Um, whether that's meditating, whether that's prayer, whether that's um, just reaching out and asking for help, whether that's a call. Um, but I can't get to that unless I'm actively nurturing that relationship with um, my higher power. And um, I have to really put that, put the time in and um, seek him in all things and um, really want to do that when sometimes I just want a quick fix and a a release, a quick release um, from that discomfort that I'm feeling. Uh, But I know that um, the quick is not lasting, you know, and that the um, release I get from my relationship with my higher power is lasting. And um, I just ask God every day to help me have the willingness to seek him, you know, when I'm, when I'm needing that release. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. All right, man. Thank you very much. Next up is Fran R. Hello, it's Fran R. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater uh, in California. And this paragraph really struck me. So have all the other shares this morning. Um, I was in OA Howe for many years, and um, I was very successful. However, like so many back in the day, I was using it as a diet. I really was not studying the big book. So that's the big difference now. And um, this paragraph sticks with me because um, I went on a long, long relapse, 20 years, because of a tragic death in our family. Um, And... I I just, I didn't make a conscious decision. I just, after analyzing it and thinking about it, I chose to let go of God's hand. But six months ago, I had like an awakening. And my granddaughter, I was on a diet, quote, a diet, my last diet before coming back to the program. And it was working very well. And then my granddaughter, it was her birthday, and she just couldn't handle that I wouldn't have any of her birthday cake. So like going down that hallway, I chose 
to go into that happy, gay bar, joyous bar. And I enjoyed the birthday party. Well, that was it. I was off, and that's when I made the decision, I've got to go back to OA. That works. And this was after 20 years, and I've been very successful working the program with my sponsor, with God, with the fellows. And um, I have released nearly 50 pounds. I'm at a healthy weight. All of my health numbers are wonderful. And I'm in my 70s, and I was not healthy. And now I feel so great with the program. And a fellow shared with me just the other day, is it odd or is it God? And I love that. I love the little one-liners. And um, so I'm so pleased to be back. And we all can be tempted at any time to go the wrong direction. And um, I'm, I'm not going to let go of God's hand again. So thank you all so much. And with that, I pass. Okay. Thank you, Fran. So we're going to take another list. Let me let you know where we're at. Um, Vision for You, page 154, second paragraph, one dismal afternoon, ending with, with a, we have a lonely weekend. So if you shared in the past two days, you know the deal. Please step back. There are others to get a chance to share. Who would like to share on, on this paragraph? Sandra Maria. Mary All right, one second. I, there was there was an A there. There's a Mary. Was a Mary? Mary. Yep. Mary. Okay. Who is next? Sheila F. Sheila, I think that was last. Dad. Kaya L. Kaya L. Penny Carmella G. All right, I got Penny and Carmella. Let's see how we could do this. I think this is going to be it. You know me, I'm not good with the math. But I think we're cutting it close here. So that would be it. We got Sandra Maria, uh, Mary, Sheila, Kaya, Penny, and Carmella. Sandra Maria, you're up. Thank you, guys. So, hi, hi everyone. I'm Sandra Maria. I'm a recovering compulsive eater. Very grateful to be alive because without this program, I would have been dead. I am very, very sure. Um, yeah, when I heard this, it, it really struck me like the delusion of the disease that can come, but also how present God was in Bill's life as he also saw an alternative for. Uh, picking up the the drug, so to speak. So, and, and that's how I view it. God always gives an alternative. And I had a situation during the week when I felt extremely um, attacked in my spirit and all my emotions were like in a turmoil. And I went to my God and I was meditating on a word that had to do with pain. And it was could really like sense the pain and since I, you know put, putting down the food also increases feelings for me so 
uh, I feel extra raw somehow sometimes in my feelings, and that can be really challenging. But the re the relief to go to and do a ten step to actually do a ten step it it strikes me every time the relief I get by doing a ten step and by sharing with another person who also have this disease but also carries the solution and uh, to have that spirit filling me um, with with his peace with his grace with his comfort that yeah it, it doesn't need to take that long um, before the pain goes away sometimes it can but with this program and with God in my life everything is possible and there is a cure I mean there is there is a there is a cure for my spiritual illness if I say so but but it's a daily cure and I, I, I'm not I'm never cured from this disease because I'm a human, <laughs> so uh, I wake up every day and I need to wash my brain again with with the truth of who I am in God and, and also that um, well, a part of my identity is that I have this disease and that's how I was created and I just need to accept it, not to fight it. But I am really grateful for all of you. Thank you for sharing and reminding me that I'm not alone and that there is a solution. Thank you. All right, thank you. Next up is Mary A. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service and thanks to everybody who has shared this morning. My name is Mary A. I'm in Portland, Maine and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm drawn to this paragraph for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that the book has been telling us all along that we were going to come to a place where we had to make a decision. And um, it's throughout the text, but the ones that stand out to me are on 25 at the bottom. It says um, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could and the other to accept spiritual help. And in We Agnostics, it also says uh, in the middle of the page on 44, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to faith. I think a non-compulsive eater, non-alcoholic would think that those would be easy alternatives to faith, but for us it's not. Um, and then finally on 59, uh, right before the 12 steps, it says we stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. So in the paragraph we're reading today, you know, here Bill is standing at a turning point. And there's this <clears throat> very humble sort of nondescript glass case with listings of potential sources of help that might be the more... Um, difficult or might take more effort or might not be as immediate um, sources of relief and help. And on the other end of the hallway is the bar where it's the quick fix. But we know at this point that the quick fix actually leads to long-term misery. Thank you, God, we know this. And thank you, God, Bill knew this. And I think of myself as a relief-seeking missile. Like, I'm going to seek relief to escape from life, from my feelings, from work, from you know anything that is something other than I want what I want when I want it. 
And oftentimes that quick fix looks like the right way out. But what this program has taught me is that it's not. That to um, engage with the food or the metaphor of the bar is only going to lead to futility and fatality. This is a fatal progressive disease. It is going to kill me. And instead, I have to look for the humble solution, maybe the one that's going to take a little effort, maybe the one that isn't exactly what I want to do, right? But it's the, it's the solution that's going to be long-lasting and that's going to be supportive of my spiritual health and my physical health and my mental health. And so thank you, God, Bill was able to make that decision with the grace of God and bring us all to where we are today. And for that, I am just extraordinarily grateful. And I thank you all for being here, and I pass. All right, thanks, Mary. Next up is Sheila S. Followed by Kaya L. Good morning. This is Sheila S. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, great. Um, Sheila S. Recovered compulsive overeater in upstate New York. Um, and uh, what a wonderful meeting this morning. Thank you so much for your service um, and for all the shares. Um, and yeah, what's what's really resounding with me right now uh, in the reading, but also um, reflecting off the shares, is is that we put the food down, and most of us absolutely begin feeling our feelings. Um, I could not imagine any, and I've never experienced any real uh, abstinence, neutrality from food, or um, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I got a truck going by. Um, or any joyous freedom of any kind, really, with the food down when I wasn't working the steps and, and most importantly, finding my way to a higher power, um, which is a practice for me. No lightning strikes here. Um, and, in fact, just recently I've been reaching out um, to other uh, recovered fellows and asking the question, um, <clears throat> when you are having the feelings, when things seem dismal, when when you are reminded that just because we, we've had some recovery, we've gotten through steps, we, we have a practice, we've put the food down, and you're still having a bad day. Because, you know, in the beginning, I did have this idea that, you know, once I achieved it, kind of a one and done, surely I'd never have another bad day. And if my faith was good, why would I ever have a fear? Um, and yet, I do 10 steps every day. Um, and I do have fears, and I do have resentment. And I, I do struggle with feelings, and I love the relief-seeking missile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so recently I've been asking the question, you know, what, what are the different ways people practice turning it over with abandon to our higher power, to, to just letting it go and sitting with it until it dissipates, having the patience um, and the, the endurance to be able to do that. And I mean for big problems and little problems because – there's a whole lot of should that starts up as you get into recovery, right? Hey, I'm not, I'm not eating compulsively anymore. I am working the steps. Why do I feel this feeling? Like, why should I have feelings? Um, you know, and, and I shouldn't have this fear, and it shouldn't take so long to go away. And so, you know, using all of the tools um, certainly becomes the practice. And the practice is key, that it's a practice. It's not, a, a, it's not an arrival um, even though along the way we receive so many rewards and gifts. Um, 
for which I am also truly grateful for. And checking in on these meetings, um, you can hear all the rewards and gifts, and you are reminded of the different parts of the journey um, that we all are going through. And I'm just really thankful I'm not doing it alone. So, um, yeah, I'm not alone because you're all here. And um, thank you all so much, and I pass. Thanks, Sheila. Next up is Kaya, and we're going to see how we can do to get Penny and Carmela in before the end of the meeting. Hi, it's Kaya. Today is day 30 of my abstinence, and I cannot believe that I'm not craving the food. I'm not white-knuckling it. I don't want it. I don't want to hurt myself with the food as long as I'm holding on to God and turning and connecting to God and program, I'm safe from food. I'm either into God and program or into the food. It's one or the other. And I really like how Harlan says on his special edition that this is not a program for people who want it. It's not a program for people who need it. It's a program for people who do it. Because I wanted the freedom from the food, but I did not want to work this program like my life depends on it. And today I know that I must work this program like my life depends on it. And it's such a relief to be seen with the food. And also there is much more sanity in my interactions with people, places, and things. And I continue to look forward to receiving more gifts in this program as I continue to work the steps through OA. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you. So, times it now. I think we might be able to get both Penny and Carmella. If you, uh, yeah, I think so. We got well. We got four minutes. You take two minutes apiece. Penny, you're up. Thanks, Russ. Yeah, I promise to be short. I just had one. One thought, and I am Penny C., recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Um, Listening to this paragraph today, and of course I've heard it and read it many, many, many times, but it occurred to me, the words came back to me from page 59 in the big book that said, we ask God's protection and care. That comes just before the steps. And isn't that the way God shows us his protection and care? He had Bill spot that glass-enclosed uh, list of the different churches and their times of service, and and it led him to um, to Henrietta and then to to Dr. Bob and and uh, well uh, to, to Bill W. and then Dr. Bob, and the rest the rest is what we experience today, the wonderful recovery that we all have. So. I watch every day for situations where God seems anonymous, but there he is giving me protection and care, and I'll pass. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. So we have about two minutes here, Carmela, if that works for you. That's more than enough time, Russ. Thanks so much. Yep. Um. The the gift here is looking for companionship, fear of loneliness. When I entered program, that was my biggest 
when I did my inventory, it was the biggest revelation that even though I was from a huge family with lots of relatives and nieces and nephews all around me, the fear of loneliness. And that was Bill's fear in this great crowd of happiness, supposedly external happiness. But the reality is every single day we have, if we have a connection with our higher power, and I do, and I call him God, there is no loneliness because the joy that he is present and will provide for everyone. The amazing thing is that he has us all, and that's the gift we get every day, and that peace and joy we can go out and we can be part of life. And that is what this program has shown me on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carmela. We actually have one minute. Everybody's being so nice here with the with the time. If anybody wants it, we have a minute. This is Dee. I would like a minute. All right, go ahead, Dee. It's all yours. Okay. Um. Thank you so much all for being there today. Down in down the lobby. Um. A door open to an attractive bar. How many times I've had that <sighs> seeing inside of a place where it's like, oh, there's food in there. I just know there is, and I'm I've been so attracted to it. Um, and you can see the gay crowd. Gosh, I'm always attracted if there's a gay crowd. I mean, not humongous crowd, but this program takes my hand and turns me in a different direction with the help of my higher power, whom I call God, and also with this fellowship. And there have been so many good things um, said this morning. I would oftentimes find companionship and release, but it was only temporary, and I need something um, more permanent than that, which is abstinence and recovery. Thank you all. I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thank you, Dee. Thank you, everybody that shared today. Um, please stick around for our second unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing. Today's share ID, Friday, September 15, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,648-20648. We will now close Close the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Nancy R. is going to read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only, ending with keep you until then. Good morning, Nancy R., recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is so sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. 
and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.